Hey everyone, this is our Midweek Leadership Podcast. We believe that as you listen to it, it is going to move your life forward. So get ready for an amazing message. Awesome, everyone. Uh, let me read this, uh, and then we're going to talk about it for a bit. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5. When we arrived in Macedonia... There was no rest for us. Paul is talking to the Corinthians, and he is uh, explaining this new trip that uh, he is taking uh, with some, some of his compatriots. They are starting new churches. They, um, they, had, wanted to go in, they had wanted to go into Macedonia for a while, and now this is the time that they felt like God had release them to go, and I thought it was uh, interesting. The first thing he says is, when we arrived in Macedonia, there was no rest for us, and sometimes we feel like when God tells us to do something, that it's going to be easy because we're choosing the right thing, the God thing, and I think it's important to see here there was no rest for us. Sometimes when you choose to do what God wants you to do, it means more work, not less. Sometimes when you, especially as a leader, choose to do what God wants you to do, it is not all roses. There are things that are hard. But if you don't have that going in, uh, a lot of your energy gets sucked out just by a missed expectation. Then he said this, we face conflict From every direction, with battles on the outside and fear on the inside. We face battles from every direction, with battles on the outside and fear on the inside. It takes so much energy to fight, but it really takes a lot of energy when you're fighting on all fronts. And when you have a 360 fight, this is, can be completely draining on you. And, and what Paul was explaining is that they had conflicts everywhere. He said battles on the outside. What Battles on the outside, those are circumstances. Those are things that you face every day with family, with job, with with different things that you're uh, maybe facing in a relationship, stuff that's going on in a marriage, things that you're facing with your kids. Those are battles on the outside. Those are circumstantial. Those, um, they're not necessarily surface level. They're, they're things that um, uh, could be very deep, but they're situational. They're, they're things that you can actually see there's things that you can actually touch whether it's a financial issue that feels like man I've been fighting this financial issue for a long long time those are battles on the outside and we all fight battles on the outside every single one of us whether you're a leader and you're listening right now or you're at home and you're trying to be a better person every single person that is listening to this we all fight battles on the outside 
But then Paul also said, not just that you're fighting battles on the outside. So many of us feel like our, our energy is getting sucked out by the battles on the outside. But I want to let you know that it takes just as much energy to fight battles on the inside. And battles on the inside, what, what Paul said, he said, we faced uh, battles on the outside and fear on the inside. Inside battles are doubt, fear, emotional. These, these battles are felt more than seen. And a lot of times we push battles on the inside away and focus all our energy and all our thoughts on battles on the outside. If I could just get my finances in order and all your energy is going to fighting a battle of finances, but the battle on the inside that you don't even know that you are fighting and need to fight is the battle of faith and trust, right? But you think you're only fighting the battle on the outside, but there's also a battle on the inside that you're fighting. And you have to be cognizant. You have to know that you are fighting both battles, battle on the outside and battle on the inside, and both take mouse, massive amounts of energy. And when you're in the middle of fighting those, both those kind of battles, you have to be very careful of how you get replenished. Because a lot of us fight Battles on the outside, battles on the inside, go to bed, wake up, battles on the outside, battles on the inside, go to sleep, battles on the outside, battles on the inside, wake up the next morning, I don't want to do anything. And then all of a sudden your motivation starts ticking down of some of the things that you love the most. And you're like, why, why is my motivation, like, if your motivation is starting to suffer, it might mean that your battles on the inside, how you're doing it. Because if Paul is fighting battles on the outside and battles on the inside, guaranteed every one of us in this room, every person who's listening right now, fighting battles on the outside and battles on the inside. And so you've got to... Okay, how, how do I get encouraged? Here, let me tell you a little bit about what happens um, with people who actually don't follow God's word and don't have any idea that God loves them so much and are just trying to figure out the world and how hard it is and just trying to make it through. You know what a lot of times people in that position do when they're fighting battles on the outside? Because they fight battles on the outside and they fight battles on the inside too. It just doesn't matter. You believe in God, you don't believe in God, you're fighting battles. Because the enemy wants to destroy everybody. That's why the Bible says that the enemy came to kill, steal, and destroy. And it didn't matter who it was. He just came to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus came to give us life and have life more abundantly is what the Bible says. So 
Um, meaning that every, everybody's fighting battles on the outside, battles on the inside. Do you know what most people who have no hope, have no idea who Jesus is, no, don't have any idea that they have, uh, that they have access to a power that they've never had before? What they do is they say, stop fighting battles. They just start cutting stuff out of their life. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to. And actually, a lot of people say the more selfish you can get, the better your life will be. But they don't say it like that. They say it because that sounds pretty terrible, and you can't Instagram that. So they say things like this. I mean, you really got to watch your self-care because it sounds a lot better. And, and I'm not trying to, to uh, hit against self-care because there are things that you need to watch. I just talked about battles on the inside. you got to figure out how to work through those, those battles. But that is actually true self-care when you fight on the inside and you start working on you and start, me. oh, oh I, I don't need to be like that anymore. I don't need, but some people take this and say, oh, I'm just going to stop fighting. I'm going to stop being in that thing. I'm going to be, you know, I just need to be more selfish with my time. I need to have more me time. I need to pull back more of my finances. I need to get more of this for me, for me, for me, for me, and the more selfish I can be actually the better I can be and so and, and so let me make my world smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and that is the fight that the enemy wants to take to you is just tries to make you get so self-focused that all you see is you and all you see is the fights that you're fighting and the things that I need to back off and I'm not going to be and if I can make my whole world about me then it will be better but actually in the in the grand scheme of God's design it actually makes your life so much worse when you all you see is you and so this is how the bible says if you're fighting battles on the outside and battles on the inside this is what you should have in your life look at this but god who encourages those who are discouraged and you can get discouraged when you're fighting all the time. Believe me, I know. You can be discouraged when you're fighting all the time, when you're fighting at work and you get home and you gotta fight. And you gotta fight here and you gotta fight there and you feel like every step you take, you're trying to take ground, but it feels like five feet feels like you're fighting five years for those five feet. Wherever you are, you feel, oh my gosh, do I ever or can I ever stop fighting? And you start feeling discouraged. But the Bible says, God who encourages those who are discouraged, encouraged us by the arrival of Titus. This is how God mostly encourages us. By people. When a lot of times the world tells you to cut it off and get self-focused and get your eyes on yourself, God says the way that you can be the most encouraged is if you have the right people in your life. And I'm actually going to bring encouragement into your life, but I'm going to bring it in the form of a person. Why do you think that being 
in church is so important. Because God is trying to encourage the discouraged. He's trying to bring encouragement into people's life because he brings it in the form of a person. Why is it so important to be in a connect group? Why is it so important to go out coffee with people that are great in your life? Why is it so important to keep thinking about how you can bring open up your borders of your life and bring more people in? Why is it so important to always be open to more people coming into your life? Because God brings encouragement in the form of people. But this is important to notice. What he's, this, look what he said. Encouraged us by the arrival of Titus. His presence was a joy. So just realize it's okay to make sure that you have people in your life that bring you joy. Because some of us, especially leaders in church, Especially, you can be a leader at your job, you can be a leader in your home, you can be a leader in different things. This is true too, but especially as leaders in church, we feel like the only people that we're supposed to have in our life are projects. Or we go the complete opposite way and we want the, on, we, the only people we let into our life are the people that give us something. And both of those are wrong. If you're only bringing people that are projects into your life, you have a savior complex. And there's only one person who can save them. It's Jesus, not you, not me. If you're only allowing people in your life that give you something, you are being selfish. And you are making your relationships about you and not about other people. And so it's very important that we realize that we have to have this understanding of how am I bringing and how am I allowing people into my life? And God brought Titus into Paul's life when they're fighting battles on the outside and fighting battles on the inside. And he was an encouragement. But so was the news. This is what, what he said. But so was the news he brought of the encouragement he received from you. So now he's talking about, oh, no, the encouragement actually also came because Titus started talking about the Corinthians. When he told us how much you longed to see me and how sorry you are for what happened and how loyal you are to me, I was filled with joy. Can I tell you that this is, this is what brings encouragement to all of us? When you start having relationships in your life, look at, look at what gave Paul joy when he started hearing about the Corinthians. When he told me how, how much you longed to see me. Do you know what encourages me? when I know I've got people that actually want to be around me. That encourages me. They don't have to be. They want to be. One of the best things in my life right now 
is when uh, there are moments when I get to pick up my son from school. And I'm walking, and I mean, those teachers got them all in a lot. I mean, they've got them locked out. It's like, I mean, it, 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 I don't know what they have done to like get them all, you know, like sitting there all together, not touching each other, not doing anything. It's, it's pretty incredible. And so I'm walking there to go pick him up. And the moment he sees me, Daddy! Arms open, runs, not even checking with his teacher. He's just, nope, <laughs> I got to get out of jail free card. I'm going. And he gets up, takes off, big hug. Do you know how much joy that gives me? Because it just feels awesome when unprovoked, you've got people that just want to be around you. If you're making a list of how to have healthy relationships and encourage you, number one, have people that want to be around you. Just want to. They want to. You're not the, always the one calling. They're calling too. That's important when you're having a healthy relationship. Look at this too. Next one. When, you, when he told, uh, let me go on to that one just for a little bit too. This works in, in, in church in a lot of different ways. I, I want people who want to be here. I, I, want, I want people who want to lead. I want people who want to, to serve. I, want pe- I don't want to coerce people because if you have to coerce people, you're going to have to continue to coerce people because whatever you build something on, you have to maintain it on. And unfortunately, I've learned that the hard way over and over and over and over again. Whatever you build something on, you've got to maintain it on. So make sure the things that you're building, you're good with, that you're going to continue that for a long, long, long time. So if you're always calling, if you're always begging if you're always no no no. you can I'm not saying like you just you know you give them the cold shoulder and you never give them opportunities to be a part but after a while you've got to have people in your life that want to be a part because that encourages you it doesn't discourage you and you want to make sure that they have people in your life that encourage you why because you're fighting remember you're fighting You're fighting battles on the outside, and we're fighting battles on the inside. And so you've got to have a crew around you that encourages you. And one of the best ways that you can have people around your life that encourage you, they want to be around you. When when it's your birthday, they're like, yeah, I was waiting to celebrate. It's that kind of friendship. Also, be that kind of encouragement. Just don't. Oh, can I, I just want those people to be around me. You know, the best way to have those kind of people be around you, be that person. Be that person. And the more that you are that person, instead of uh, complaining that you don't have those people in your life, the more you will have those people in your life. Next, uh, Paul said this. He said, told us how much you long to see me. How sorry you are for what happened. Next, you want to have healthy relationships, people that encourage you when you're fighting battles on the outside, battles on the inside. Two, have people in your life that you don't have to pry, I'm sorry, out of their mouth. Because in any relationship, 
you're always going to have to say, I'm sorry. You are, they are, you are, they are, you are, they are. Oh, any good one. You want to have a bunch of surface relationships, you'll never have to say, I'm sorry. But if you want to have deep, meaningful ones and encourage you, you have to say, I'm sorry. And they have to say, I'm sorry. And so you, if you want to have a courage, if you want to have a people that encourage you, have people that are easily, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say, I, I didn't mean to hurt you like that. I didn't mean to say it like that. I didn't mean, I, I am so sorry for that. And also, again, be a person who is fast to say I'm sorry. And not just waiting for somebody to say I'm sorry. Apologize first. Because why? You bring encouragement to the person you're around by apologizing. Okay, what, what else do you say? How much you long to see me? How sorry you are for what happened? Because the Corinthians were a mess. They did something really stupid. I, I don't have time. But they, they needed to apologize because they were crazy. And how loyal you are to me. I don't know what has happened in our world that has made um, the word loyalty seem like a chain around somebody's neck. And, and, and somehow, can it, just go with me for a second. Especially in our even generations coming up, loyalty has, seemed, has almost become synonymous with controlling. And that's wrong. Loyalty is a virtue. Lo loyalty is something that is good. Lo loyalty is something that you, um, you aspire to. You aspire to be loyal. But for some reason, loyalty has become synonymous with the word controlling. And everybody has, oh, I'm just going to. Now, you wouldn't actually, I don't think I've heard that said a lot, but it's how it seems people treat it. And the moment there's a better opportunity, loyalty goes out the window. Because opportunity is looked at as a lot more advantageous to me than being loyal. But I want all of us to realize the way to have encouraging relationships is to make sure that the people that you have around your life are loyal. And you are loyal to them. They are loyal to you. You're loyal to them. And, and, and one of the keys to being loyal, just so you know, if you want to know, okay, how can I be better at being loyal? How, how can I uh, be somebody that can just be relied upon and just stay there when it, when, when it seems like a lot of people just leave at the drop of a hat? One of the things is be unoffendable. Offense is the easiest way to kill loyalty. So learn how to be unoffendable. Learn how to not take offense so quickly. 
what did you mean about that? Oh, that, that's, a, for, that's the quickest way to destroy a loyal friendship is to hold on to offense. Let that thing go. And, and in that moment that you start building more loyalty, doesn't mean you can't talk about it, doesn't mean you can't discuss it, doesn't mean you can't work it out. I'm not saying that at all. Absolutely, you have to have conversation. Stuffing things only makes them worse, and they actually get infected. And so that's not something that I'm talking about. What I am talking about is not building your house on a fence and not building your life on what they did to me 10 years ago and what they said in one Instagram post or what they didn't say or how they didn't invite me or how they didn't and walk around feeling like you're always uninvited and walking around feeling like everybody's always out to get you and walking around feeling like everybody, what you mean by that and what you say like that and why people are looking at me with a side eye. All of those things are just filling your life full of offense and you will leave relationships quicker and quicker and quicker and quicker and quicker because you're always offended at somebody. And if you want to build loyalty... Well, just build a quick, I'm not offended. I'm not offended. I'm unoffendable. I'm not going to let that in. Doesn't mean I'm not going to discuss it. I'm not going to let it in. I'm not going to let it build into my life. And then look what Paul said. And I was filled with joy. Because I had those kind of people in my life. I would think so many people in 2023 would be like, how do I get more joy? Well, it's not money. I mean, that might help for a little bit. I mean, let's be honest. But it's not going to last. It's not fame. It's not freedom. It's actually relationships that are loyal, that want to be around you, and that can say, I'm sorry, quickly. That's what fills you with joy. That's what fills us with joy. And the great thing about that is we have the opportunity to build that every day, to be that and to have that. And this is why the Bible says that when you have joy, you actually have strength. Because joy, joy is a precursor to strength. When you're joy-filled, strength comes after that. You have more. And why do you need strength? Because of what we just talked about. You're fighting battles on the outside and battles on the inside. Well, I'll say this last thing, and maybe some of you, this is a, a movie a while ago, so I don't know if some of you, no, as I, but I know some of you love it. Uh, Lord of the Rings is one of my favorite movies of all times. One of my favorite of all time. Jess will never watch it. She watched it for 45 seconds because she promised me as we were getting married that she would do this one time for me. Uh, 45 seconds, she fell asleep, and uh, we've never watched it since. So uh, we got... It, it, I, 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 hey, honey, I, I always think at some point you're going to come correct on that promise you made for me at, the, at our wedding. So no, no, 45 seconds doesn't count. And so anyway, um, I, I just want to say this because I was thinking about battles on the outside and battles on the inside. There's this running kind of thing 
between these two characters in this movie, Gimli and Legolas. Jessica, I'm just asking you, I'm going to talk to all the regular humans, and you just, just act like you know the movie. Um, there's this thing, there's this running thing with them. Now, they weren't friends at the beginning. They're actually enemies. But they become friends. And then throughout the movies, they're having this little, uh, um, like, competition as they get into these battles of who can kill more orcs, you know, and all this stuff. I know I'm getting really deep in my nerd right now, but I, I, I'm about to take my foot out. Okay, and just, just <laughs> thank you, Noah. And, um, and so they're, they're, they're in so many battles, but there's this, like, almost, like, unexplainable joy that they have when they're, like, facing death, like, like, incredible odds but they're like just going around almost laughing and yelling and you know having this competition and I think about this often because so many times when we're when we're fighting in life it feels like the last thing you can have in your life is joy but if you have the right people in your life even when you're fighting you can be joyful if you have the right people in your life, even when you're fighting in your family, even when you're fighting in your job, even when you're fighting financially, even when you're fighting with relationships, even when you're fighting your own self-doubt and you're fighting depression or you're fighting anger issues or for fighting unforgiveness, issues, even when you're fighting all of those things, if you have the right people around in your life, you can have joy through that battle and not just joy after the battle. Because un, uh, unfortunately, we're going to be fighting for a long time. So I'm, I'm looking to have joy in the battle, not at the end of it. And so, Father, I pray for every one of us. God, I pray for everybody who's listening at this moment. God, I pray that our joy would actually be increasing because of the people that we have around us and the people that you've put into our lives. And, and the new people that we don't even know that are coming into our lives this year. And, Father, I thank you that, God, you do encourage us, even when we are discouraged, even when we're fighting battles on the outside, battles on the inside. Father, that we are encouraged. And, God, you bring encouragement by bringing the right people in our lives. Father, we're so thankful for that. We love you a ton. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey church, we hope this message has pushed you forward in your leadership and your relationship with God. We can't wait to see you this Sunday or in a connect group. Have an amazing week. We'll see you then.